Wait, we're waiting for something to come up on the screen any minute now. Praise God. That's difficult to follow, to be absolutely honest. Um, but God gave me this word a little while ago, and uh, it's not a deep th theological word. If that's what you're looking for, you're in the wrong place. I can tell you that right now. It's a word that God gave me to share with the family of God here in this place. And that's just what I want to do simply. So if you've got your Bibles or your iPads or whatever else you might have, if you turn to Nehemiah chapter 1, This is a man who was positioned for the purposes of God. He was in the right place at the right time. So God could really use him as he wants to all of us. And we can be encouraged by this. So chapter 1, it says, It came to pass in the month of Chislev, whichever month that is, I don't know, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Han and I, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. So first of all, he gets this message. What's he going to do about it? What are we going to do about the messages we get and the situations we find ourselves in? What's my position in, in, in what God is wanting to do? Do you know when I had that brain tumor, I had to take a position of my God heals, my God restores. And if I hadn't, I might not be here now. But I trusted my God and that's a position we need to take up. Eh? We need to position ourselves for the purposes of God. I believe Nehemiah took up his position in the Lord's building program. Do you want to be part of the Lord's building program? You're allowed to say yes, not just nod your head loudly. I certainly do, I'll tell you. Um, I could retire, sit down, put my feet up. I've got no intention, no intention whatsoever. I want to be about God's purposes, don't you? You know, we've all seen on the news recently about Nelson Mandela. There was a man who positioned himself in God for great purposes. He was in prison 27 years. Which one of us coming out of prison after 27 years would want to be about bringing our nation into security, into love, into reconciliation? I'm sure many of us, me included, would just want to sit down and say, I'm glad that's over. But now he delves in to the next half. What a man, what a leader. And he accomplished all that God had got for him because he positioned himself in that place. Nehemiah was in a place where God was going to use him. And so in verse 4, it says, So when I heard these words, these are the words that the citadel was broken down, that I sat down and wept. Are you crying this morning? Am I crying for our nation, for Northampton even? You know, it's not a nice town in many ways, but it's the town where God has brought us. And I believe he's brought us here because we can weep for it and we can see it restored. And mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. You know, we need to pray more for Northampton. 
In fact, let's just lift Northampton up now. Let's just do that. Lift your hands to heaven for Northampton, the place where we live that God has called us to. Lord, we pray for our town that this will be known as a town of God. Lord, that your name will be glorified, that your light will shine on your people in this town, Lord. Have your way in all of us in Jesus' name. And so Nehemiah, he was a cupbearer. He actually tasted the wine before the king. And I'm not saying the king's name. I'm just going to call him King A because it's a very difficult name to say. And I couldn't get it right this morning. So, um, so he probably wouldn't have got life insurance because he could go at any minute. If the wine was tainted in any way, he was the first to taste it, so he would have been gone. That was his position. But it was a good position. He had a good life there, and it was, a, I would think, quite a dignified life, and he was well respected. He was. In verse, uh, where am I now? Oh, yes. So he goes before the king, and in those days, you could not look sad before the king. That was a horrific sin, to look sad before the king. But he did look sad because he wanted to do something, and so he took up a position of, I'm going to ask the king, I'm going to be brave no matter what. So the king said, you look sad, what's the matter? And he said, the walls are broken down, and I want to go and repair them. And the king said, how long will you be away? Isn't that amazing? That's all he said. So he obviously had great favor with the king, great favor with the king. And in verse 11, it says, O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. He went to God first. If he hadn't gone to God and he hadn't prayed and he hadn't sought the Lord's advice, what did the Lord want to do? The king may not have given him favor, but because he was going on a journey for God, the God did. Then where are we now? Nehemiah 2, 1 to 6. And it came to pass in the month of uh, Nisan in the 20th year of the king, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. He took the wine and he gave it to the king and he looked sad and the king said, what's the matter with you? And, and so he told the king, this is nothing but sorrow of heart. Have you got sorrow of heart this morning for any situations in your family, your town? You know, take courage. It's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. And God is in the, the business of restoring souls and restoring our positions. You know, some of us may have lost our position. Some of us may not yet have found it. But I want to encourage you this morning, find your position in God. Stand in that place and maintain it. Don't lose it. Don't get disheartened. Don't let anything stop you standing in that place. And so the king said, how long will you be gone? And uh, he told him. Uh, it doesn't say how long he was going to be gone. So I've got no idea how long he was going to be gone. But in verse 17... Uh, oh, no, wait a minute. We're not there yet. Wait a minute. I've gone beyond myself. Oh, yes. He didn't go off willy-nilly. How often do we think we should be doing something for God or we should be going somewhere and off we go willy-nilly? We're not prepared. We haven't really sought God. 
We haven't got God's provisions. We haven't found the people who will stand behind us and support us and walk the journey with us. And Nehemiah decided that's not what he was going to do. He had the backing of the king. The king knew he needed help and support. But do you know he got more than he asked for? The king actually sent soldiers with him on his journey to aid him and help him. And I was thinking this morning of a young man that we all know. Smile at me, please. Good. That's worse. But anyway, never mind. Um, (laughs) A young man that we all know, Paul Worth. I remember when Paul first came to the church, he was just a young lad. And, uh, but he obviously had a call on his life. And he came across many trials and tribulations. I know he did, but he stood his ground. He had a position and he maintained it. Many people said to him, and we know this, go somewhere else, Paul. Don't be with Brian all your life. You know, you want to go on your own, do, do what you need to be doing. And Paul said, I know he said to Brian, I won't do that because God has called me here and he hasn't told me to go. And I'm going to stand in this position and I'm going to have God's blessing on my life. And when it's the right time, I will go. Well, we all know what happened. Paul went to a church and it's growing and it's very successful. God gave him more than he ever thought about or asked for even. Isn't that amazing? And you know, in Nehemiah's day, they built... When they were doing the walls, they built and defended at the same time. They had an implement in one hand for building, and they had their spear in the other for defending. Where are we in that? You know, am I defending and building at the same time? Am I standing my ground and saying, God, you called me. This is what you said to me, and this is what I'm going to do no matter what. I'm going to stand my ground. Are you going to stand your ground this morning in all that God's called you to do? No? Nobody? Nobody? Well, our town's in serious trouble. Could you just give a big yes? That's better. (laughs) I get a bit nervous when it's very quiet because I'm not used to quiet because I'm a very noisy individual. And, you know, they, they came across a lot of opposition. They really did. They, wow, he was accused of having false motives. He was accused of all sorts of things. There was many people with nasty words in their mouths. And they really did have a go at him. But he stood his ground because he knew God had called him. And he said to the workers, if we're attacked at one place, we'll blow the trumpet and we'll all rally there. And that's what we need to do in church, isn't it? And in Northampton. When we see places that are in trouble or people in trouble, we need to blow the trumpet and rally there. So we're all involved. It takes all of us. We are the family of God called to this town. There's no doubt about that. And we are invited this morning to be involved in the Lord's building program. Isn't that exciting? The wages are fabulous. I tell you. Pension, great, marvelous, wonderful. I want to be a repairer of the broken walls. Do you? I want to be a repairer of the breaches in people's lives. Isaiah 61, for we are all called, all of us, every one of you this morning. Could you just stand up, everybody? You're all called, everyone. It's like the God saying this morning, will you stand up? Because you are all 
called. Everyone from the youngest to the oldest is called in this place. You are here to purpose God's purposes. He wants you to take up your position in his work and not give up because he has got an amazing plan for your life. You can sit down again. I just thought you'd been sitting long enough listening to me. But, you know, in order to do the work of God, we need to get rid of our schisms and our prejudices and anything else that actually aids the enemy because that never aids God's people. Never. The enemy will use whoever he can to bring down the work that we are trying to do for him. How many of us know that? I do for certain. Many of us in this place know that. We've been tried and tested. Now, this isn't a wrong word, and I'm not going to read all the scriptures because they're there for you. Nehemiah is an amazing story of a man, what a man, called of God to be involved in his building program. But we're all called to be involved in his building program. Just say that to the person next to you if you can. I am called to be involved in God's building program. You are called. You're called. You are called. Karen, you're called this morning. We're all called. Ruth, you're called to be involved in God's building program. Isn't that an honor and a privilege? You know, sometimes people say, oh, it's me again. I've got to do this, that, or the other. I consider it a great privilege that God would let me do anything, to be absolutely honest, because he's brought me from a dour place, really, into the kingdom of God for his purposes. At such a time as this, we hear those words and we get a little bit fed up of hearing them for such a time as this. But I tell you, we are here for such a time as this. And we really are. Let's hear an amen. Let's have an amen to that because we are. And finally, I told you this is not a long word. Your roast won't burn. Nehemiah 6.11. If you've got your Bibles, please turn to it. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there that such as I would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Then he perceived that God had sent him at all. That, oh, sorry. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he had pronounced this prophecy against me. He had a false prophet. How often does God say, God sends prophets, but never false prophets? Sometimes we hear words, you know, and we think, oh, I've got a prophecy, but it might not be of God. You've got to test that. You've got to know what the word of God says, and you've got to be able to hear God for yourself. And then if you can look at, um, where am I? So the wall was finished. This is verse 15, was finished on the 25th day. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it, and all the nations around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. You know, it's not us. It's our God. It is. No matter what your position is in church or maybe you haven't found it yet, I encourage you, please find it this morning. You know, get your position and stick with it. Don't give up. Don't be disheartened. Nehemiah, I just want to end with this. What a man. What a leader. A man so convinced of his destiny and direction that no threats of the enemy could deter his efforts. 
That's where I want to be. You know, God maybe has given you a position and you've moved from it. Oh, I want to encourage you this morning to get back into it or get into a new position. Because otherwise, you just live your days for you. But we want to live our days for God. I want to know I've got purpose in my life. I want to make a difference in my world. Nehemiah made such a difference. Nelson Mandela made such a difference. One man called of God, positioned himself in the right place. What a difference. Everybody knows his name. And it's not about knowing his name. It's about knowing what he did. What a man of God. So I want to tell you this morning, Eloise, Matt, Nick, Helen, John, Jenny, whoever you are this morning, you are called to take up a position and to be involved in the work of God to make a difference in your world. All of you are. You are at the back. (laughs) You're all called. I want you to take up those positions this morning. So could you stand? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just want to call down this morning your grace and your anointing for the purposes of you. For your purposes, Lord. Each one of us has a place and a part to play in your great plan. Luke, you have a plan. You have a part to play. Connor, you have a part to play. We all have a part to play, all of us. And I would just like you now to put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, would you reveal to me the plan that you have for my life? And I want to receive it now in my heart and in my spirit and in my soul. Don't let anything or anyone talk you out of the plans of God this morning. Northampton needs you. I need you. (laughs) I can't do what God's asked me to do without you. I cannot. Jesus. Jesus, send your spirit. Holy Spirit, come among us. Convict us. Help us. Encourage us. We so need encouragement. Nehemiah was a great encourager, but he never got encouraged himself. But he kept going. He kept going. He kept going. Praise God. Praise God, he kept going. Brian, I don't want to say any more because that's just what God gave me to share with you. And it's sharing it with you because you're my family. You know, we're family together. And when I know in your own family, when you get things from God, you want to share them with the whole family, the goodness of God. And that's what he's got for us, his goodness. It's his goodness. So take up your position. If you're not sure what it is, talk to us. But please, Take up your position in God. Thank you. Thank you. There's two sides to that. So can you sit down for a minute? There's two sides to that. There's the practical and the prophetic. Young Luke that Alison mentioned, you know, of his own volition, young Luke came and said, can I help in the church? Can I clean the church or something? He came to us and said that, this young guy. And he met with Richard on Saturday. And young Luke is now going to be coming in here on the Saturday morning. He's going to be hoovering and cleaning up this place. And Richard is going to come during the week. He's taken up a position. He's going to be hoovering and praying while he cleans the church. That's very practical. Because of that, God will honor him prophetically. 
He did the fire starters course, and he was moving in the prophetic. So there's a practical side and a prophetic side to this. There's the practical side because we've got needs in the church in different ministry areas. There's the prophetic side where we want to line up with God's purpose, is what he's saying today. And I believe that we're coming in, in this nation to a holy healing revival. So the question he asked God, God, how do I get in position so I can play my part in this? There's the prophetic side to it. Are there things I need to do? Are there areas in my life that need to change so I can take up my position before you? Because I want to be all you want me to be. One of the worship group could come back up. See, uh, the motto of the Boy Scouts was be prepared, wasn't it? Was the girl guides the same? I was never in the guides, I don't know. Was anyone here, was it be prepared, was it? You see, it's like this. If we believe God is spoken, we prepare for what he's spoken, don't we? So if God speaks prophetically, if we truly believe that as being a prophetic word from God, we prepare ourselves accordingly. We don't just hope it happens. That's fatalism. We prepare ourselves and take steps towards it. So prophetically there's a part to play and practically there's a part to play. We've still got needs in the church, this side, the family center, whatever. There are needs. So I encourage you, as Alison said, take up your position and then be faithful. God honors faithfulness and he'll promote you. We're going to start where we are. So can we stand again?